This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with Corey Phillips, 46, Tommy Boy. It's another great day for wellness, and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Well, welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt and PAX. We have an awesome show for you today. We are approaching the end of 2021, which means many are taking time to reflect on what this year meant to them and the accomplishments and setbacks that may have occurred. It's also the time when we look forward to 2022 to be intentional about what goals and achievements we would like to have next year. And if you're like the millions of individuals who make some sort of New Year's goal, then chances are improving your health is part of that commitment. Diets, exercise, and weight loss challenges become all the buzz as people wish, hope, and pray for a healthier tomorrow. In this episode, I wanted to shine a light on a great resource and game plan for making 2022 the year you achieve your health goals. I had the privilege of speaking with Corey Phillips, or better known as Tommy Boy, about a health challenge called the Warrior Weight Loss Challenge. This is a challenge previously mentioned on the Stuff Worth Trying podcast, and I wanted to bring Tommy Boy on the show to expound on what it is and how to successfully implement it in your region. We get into some great discussions about food strategy, food shopping, alcohol, cheat meals, and even throw out a Stuff Worth Trying challenge. And as always, if you enjoy this episode, be sure to share it with your friends, family, and other packs. Now for today's episode. Welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom, and I am joined by Tommy Boy. Welcome to the show, Tommy Boy. Thanks, brother. It's good to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, man. It's good to have you. And for PAX, if that voice sounds familiar, that is none other than the co-host of the award-winning podcast, Stuff Worth Trying, Tommy Boy. And uh, I'm just so thankful that you made time out of your busy schedules to join me today, brother. And it's good to be here. This is a uh, what you do is super important. I think it's often glossed over in the lives of men, uh, the importance of health, because we think we're indestructible and infallible. Um, we talk about our, our fallibility a lot in COT and things like that. But I think what we don't do enough and that you've picked up the six on is our conversation around health. So uh, kudos to you. I applaud your efforts. Well, I appreciate it. It's nice to be recognized for something that I, that I blabber about anyway. Uh, you know, <laughs> they say that dolphin, you find it and you just want to kind of share it and, and do it. And the pack's probably around my region. We're getting tired of listening to me talk about it anyway. And so now the, the rest of the nation and the world gets to to suffer like the rest of them, but uh, Dude, is, now you're getting that YouTube money, man. That's <laughs> that's right, man. I'm gonna have a quick practice as much as this thing's uh, creating. Uh, but uh, anyway, I, I'm so glad that you are part of the podcast. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of your show uh, with Italian Job. You guys are doing great work over there. Uh, as we were kind of talking before we started recording today, a, a lot of the episodes are really sharing great nuggets of things that I may have been aware of. Uh, because I've been part of F3 for a minute or two, but at the same time, listening to new perspectives and seeing what successes that other packs around the country are doing. So uh, kudos to you, man. Thanks for all the things you're doing. Uh, you an Italian job on that front uh, and bringing that uh, information to the to the nation. And, and packs. one of the reasons I'm bringing Tommy Boy on the podcast today is as a result of one of the podcasts that they did earlier in their uh, shows. Uh, I think it was podcast number four of your lineup, if, if I'm not mistaken. And so I heard it. They did a great job bringing that message. And I wanted to kind of revisit some of that today for the packs. But uh, before we dive into that, Tommy Boy, just kind of 
take us through the, a little bit of the F3 story, uh, a little bit about what your hospital name is, where you pose, why the name Tommy Boy, and some of those fun facts. Yeah, uh, the quickest version I can think of. So uh, hospital name, Corey Phillips. Uh, I'm 46 years old as of uh, uh, the 14th. I think I said yesterday earlier, but it's the 14th. Um, and I was first told about F3 on a family camping trip. Uh, Joe Giniak, F3 name is Stretch, uh, filled me in, uh, told me about this group of guys he hung out with. And I think I hit all of the excuses in one conversation. Uh, let me get in shape before I come out and get in shape. Um, I mean, everything. And so I rolled up uh, because he tag teamed EH me with another guy. Munzee Slack F3 is short track because he grew up in Bristol. Um, and Munzee called and said, I'm going to be in your driveway tomorrow, which was a Saturday. Either you're hopping in my car or I'm going to honk until all your neighbors hate you. And so I chose the, uh, the prior and um, it was it was awful. As everybody will tell you, it was awful. Um, guy named Kilowatt was the Q, works for Duke Energy. And um, he brought a cinder block beat down to us. And I thought we were done and we had just completed the first of three rounds. So it was it was interesting. Um, I feel like I'm just echoing a lot of guys' first experiences, right? In order to sharpen iron, there's a lot of pain and sparks and friction and all that stuff. Um, so fast forward. Uh, I tried to get out of F3 a couple of times. In fact, there's a, a famous story in Greensboro of the day I, I tried to quit F3, um, which actually we could probably get into later based on our conversation. And uh, fast forward again, became Nantan and served as Nantan for almost three years. Uh, recently passed it off to F3 SACT, S-A-C-K-E-D, former quarterback for Elon College, uh, I think university now. And... Um, just wouldn't change a thing. My only my only job was to um, not break F3. And I realize it's it's pretty invincible as long as you're abiding by the mission, the core values, and the credo. Um, have a beautiful wife who is involved with FIA, a 16-year-old daughter also involved with FIA. Um, and uh, uh, my other 2.0 is Wookie and F3. So um, we're, we're, we're pretty invested in, in this cool thing we have going on. Um, I work for a law firm in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and now Alabama. Um, and I'm lucky because I consider myself, my D2X is, is storytelling and, and being a maker. And I get to do both of those things because I represent the uh, front-facing community activism for that law firm. Um, and then I also build furniture out of reclaimed materials. So somebody once looked at me and their names were Stretch and Short Track and said, there's more to you than you realize. We're going to we're gonna dust you off and make something great out of it. And I, I like to pay it forward by building furniture out of old crap. So that's probably the shortest version I can give you. <laughs> yeah, man, what a, what a background. And I love all the elements that you brought to that story. Everything from being EH'd by multiple people, the, the person in the driveway, uh, not allowing you to say no, the fact that, uh, you know, you got your, your butt handed to you at that first workout and, and, and just kind of the roller coaster emotions that anybody, I think that's in F3 longer than a, a month or two will go through, you know, I mean, we, we have times of acceleration, we have times of deceleration mm -hmm. and it sounds like you've kind of been through the gamut leadership roles. Now you really drunk the Kool-Aid. I mean, you got a national leadership role as well, don't you? Yeah, voluntold <laughs> to be the uh, XQ of education. and uh, But it really is, again, it's my D2X. I, I just, I love telling stories just as much as I love hearing stories. Uh, but the best of all of it is sharing stories. And that's what we do, right? Um, the podcast is this big new thing, but really it goes back to the early days of radio, pre-TV radio. Um, people want to know they're not alone out there. Uh, they're not on this journey by themselves. And um, I've said it before uh, at least a dozen times on our podcast, but if you're, if you're in a safe space where you can be vulnerable, you're going to validate a lot of journeys for a lot of people. Um, we've all been in the back of the science class where somebody raised their hand after the teacher said, is there any questions? And he says, I don't understand it. Can you say it again? And everybody goes, oh, thank God. I thought That's I was right. the only one who didn't get it. So yeah, telling stories is, is great. And uh, again, it just goes back to why I'm, I'm thankful that you're doing what you're doing because health is uh, often overlooked and glanced over. I think our closest touch to, to health 
in America right now are the uh, morning drug commercials we hear while we're getting ready to zoom out the door while the local news is playing. So what you're doing scratches way deeper and, uh, and, and it matters because it's, it's what we're here for. It's we're here to live as long as we can and do the best we can while we're here. That's right. And I, and as I mentioned before, I mean, I think health is, you know, one of our greatest assets and when we have it, we accelerate. And when we don't, uh, we don't, that's just plain and simple. And so I'm glad that you're a big fan of health. Uh, as, as a result, you're a high accelerating man and and that's awesome. Now you didn't detail the name Tommy boy. I'm assuming because talk and all that kind of fun stuff. So as everybody who listens to this podcast knows, the center of the universe when it comes to comedy is uh, Wyoming. Uh, No, it's not. But I found myself in Wyoming, lived in Jackson, Wyoming, Jackson Hole. A lot of people know it as um, and was convinced to to take a adult summer camp in improvisation and improv comedy. Uh, Turns out that it was a local improv troupe that was looking to gain some new members. So they tricked us all to take this camp and they invited three of us to join uh, myself and two women were, were given the invitation. I loved it. I don't have a theater background at all. Um, just thought it would be fun to try out. And so I wound up buying into the company and uh, ran it for, for four years. So Oh four to Oh eight and then um, sold it. So the improv comedy, I, I kind of threw that out after giving a ton of other data in the COT, uh, it was kind of crickets. And then just said, I used to own an improv comedy troupe. So, you know, obviously after a center block workout, we weren't incredibly creative. We just started shouting out Chris Farley movie titles, but I'm thankful because I'm Tommy boy and not like Hollywood Ninja or something else. So yeah, that's where it came from. Um, but, but to their credit, Chris Farley is a legend in the uh, Chicago improv circuit. So yeah, I mean, I assumed it had something to do with Chris Farley and improv and, and some kind of comedy stat sketch. But just listening to your background uh, initially, I didn't see the connection. But uh, just like you probably didn't see it, you throw in that little improv story. Yes. I can certainly see where they connected the dots and got you there. Well, well, awesome, man. I, I, I love that you're part of F3 and all that you're doing. And, and you know, let's kind of transition into what we're going to talk about today, because when I listened to that podcast uh, and I was listening to you kind of share what you guys were doing in Greensboro and, and maybe surrounding regions had picked it up as well. You guys were talking about something, I guess you guys termed the warrior nutrition challenge and how it was being impactful, not only in your life, but the, the lives of the PAX members who are willing to, to, to challenge themselves and be part of it. So kind of back us up for those that maybe did not listen to that particular podcast. And if you're not folks, you need to go check it out. But uh, in any case, bring us kind of full circle on what exactly the Warrior Nutrition Challenge is, um, as you kind of shared it previously. Yeah, a, a short version of a really long story is that my first connection to something outside of uh, F3's first F and, and outside of Cafeteria was a book study that was hosted by a guy named Mark Watson. We know him as long time. Um, and it was on a Tony Dungy book uh, about leadership. And it really woke me up to, oh, so this guy read this book. He was impacted by this book and now he's sharing it with all of us. What a great concept. Um, rather than just say, you should go read this book. He's like, I want to, I want to explore this with you. Uh, and so that was my first exposure to the real power of what could happen if we're lucky with our schedules, right. Between six 30 ish and seven o'clock in the morning. And, um, the, <clears throat> The doorway that that opened for me was what can I give back? So at the time I was working for the American Heart Association, drinking from the fire hose and all things health and wellness. But what really spoke to me about where we live uh, in the South and in the in the in the fry oil belt uh, was was health. It was health and its impact on wellness when it comes from a dietary uh, perspective, because that was my big fundamental change. And so we piecemealed. Uh, a really rudimentary weight loss challenge. We threw some money down because guys will, you know, we'll do better if we throw money down. We've got skin in the game and made it a quick thing. I think it was four weeks was the first one. And it was like, whoever lost the most, however you do it, kudos to you, you win, you know, you win life. And uh, from that, 
you know, because of this one guy did a book study, I was like, oh, I have this to give. And well, then next thing you know, there's like 50 of us sign up for this thing. And I was like, we got to make this a little more official because if we have those kind of eyeballs and intention, how can we really turn the tide versus, you know, just raising money for a thing or putting it back into buying gear for F3 Greensboro guys or whatever? Um, how can we educate these inquiring minds. And so that's what is now available on the stuff we're trying is this warrior nutrition challenge. We had to name it something tough, right? And um, at the end of the day, it is a, a set of do's and don'ts uh, as well as a uh, an Excel spreadsheet that, that I took some time and really bothered uh, the accountant in, in, in the law firm I work with uh, to how to make the formulas work. But you put in calories in, you put in calories burned, you set some goals if, if you have them. And I encourage you to have them on things like Merkins and, and sit-ups and mile time and things like that. And you drop that in in the front end and then you track yourself daily on calories in, calories out. Uh, ideally, you're burning towards a deficit if you're wanting to lose weight. Um, and then at the end of it all, you kind of you, you run those other metrics again, the Merkins, the sit-ups and, and so on. And, and you see where you stand. And, and I would argue if anybody really leans into it for four weeks or more, you're going to see exponential growth and improvement in whatever it is you're trying to achieve. And look, I'm not just talking about a faster mile time or a thinner waistline. Um, my motivation, as I shared a moment ago, you know, I have a 16 year old daughter. I'm talking about being there to dance the night away at her wedding. Right. I'm, I'm there to to, to sit on the front porch even sooner and polishing up a shotgun while her first boyfriend shows up to pick her up. So uh, it, it, it's just, it was one of those ways that I could give back because, because losing weight was my biggest life change because of F3 outside of personal development, physical development was weight loss. So I, that's how I could give back. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I, I love that whole story and, 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 the explanation of how you found a need and the desire to give back and the whole idea behind being walked through a scenario that allowed you to kind of see the power of being guided through something versus just kind of being told some information and, and, and told to go do it. Um, you know, I, and I can speak firsthand from that, uh, as many people know that I'm a chiropractor, but I also do a lot of wellness and nutrition consulting and I've done it for, for multiple years. And, and I found that if I just tell somebody to go do something, they're not going to do it. I got to mm -hmm. really kind of walk them through it, give them explanations, show them exactly what to do. And it sounds like, you know, that's kind of what you experienced and what this challenge can provide for uh, the packs that choose to do it. The other thing I love about it is the accountability aspect of it, uh, that you're not doing it alone that you guys Correct. are willing to share what your goals are, share what your struggles are. And then more importantly, um, keep each other accountable when we're not maybe doing exactly what we should be doing because nobody's perfect, as you know, um, and you probably have done the challenge multiple times and probably have seen yourself accelerate in it and, and decelerate in it. And it was the fact that these other guys were around uh, to, to push you through it. Uh, is exactly why you were successful achieving whatever the, you know, whatever goals that, that was. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I've, there's been ones where I've, I've added pounds. Um, you know, there's been ones that flat out failed. So this isn't, yeah, I, I hope that, and, and it's probably not true, but I, I wish it were true that everybody who listens to your podcast or anything on health thinks that, I hope nobody thinks that everybody's successful all the time just because they talk about it, right? I mean, look at Dwayne Johnson, right? The dude's a beast, but there, he has down days too. Um, his whole life is bulking up and, and weightlifting, right? But he's got bad days in the gym. Um, he's got off days in his diet. Um, and that's kind of the whole point is that this shows you kind of, you know, if you do it for four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is, that the challenge itself is built that you can see and go back and look at that day and say, oh, that was a birthday or, oh, that was when I traveled, you know, road travel is rigorous on the diet. Um, but if you know it and then you can name it, then you can confront it. So that's, that was kind of where I came from with this whole concept. Yeah. And it makes total sense. And, 
And I wanted to bring you on the show today because we're we're coming in to the end of the uh, 2021, entering 2022. And it's a time where a lot of people reflect about what they were successful on the previous year and really kind of setting goals and aspirations for, for the next year. And, and believe it or not, and most people include some kind of health and wellness goal. Uh, you know, <laughs> I say that tongue in cheek. What a concept. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, because, you know, the diet industry is a billion dollar industry. Uh, the gyms get full up uh, the first three weeks of January. Everyone seems to be ready to quote unquote, make it the healthiest year ever uh, until about the third week of January. You know, you hit the Super Bowl and all of a sudden it's chicken wings and beer. And, uh, you know, after that, it's back to, to square one again. So I wanted to bring you on to kind of talk about this challenge because I think it's perfect timing for regions and PACS members who have a desire to maybe incorporate this type of structure into their, their game plan to just accelerate their, their progress and, and the, uh, the reality of being successful. So um, yeah. you, we've mentioned that it's called the, the, the warrior um, weight loss challenge. Obviously um, I love the idea of warrior because I think, you know, as men, we, <laughs> we, we gravitate towards that. Uh, you mentioned it's a fight. Yeah, you mentioned some metrics that you plug in, uh, calories being one of them, exercise uh, being another. But you also mentioned, you know, things like um, Merkins or running times. I like the idea that it's multifaceted, I guess, is where I'm getting with this, because I think sometimes we oversimplify uh, weight and nutrition as calories in, calories out. And yes, there Mm -hmm. is a mathematical calculation to that. But at sure. the end of the day, if that's all you're paying attention to, it's very easy not to be able to sustain that long term. And, and, and that's why so many people find themselves kind of yo-yoing. But having some of these other factors involved uh, really kind of, I think, enhances the change that maybe somebody will go through and yep. implement, uh, uh, I guess, habits, if you will, that maybe will carry them longer and, and further. So in your experience, what are some of the things that you found outside of just calories in, calories out that a lot of guys found that were great to track and keep metrics on? Well, you, you kind of teased it in a great way uh, in that it's, it's balance, right? And I know you've talked about it a couple of times, several times. Um, and, and I almost feel like I'm, I'm just cheating because I, I read the answers to the test, but it really is balance. Um, uh, another way to put it, and I'll, I'll try to paraphrase, you know, something I once heard Dredd say is that if you're, if your fitness is in check, then everything else is going to be in check too. Uh, I would say the same thing is true for nutrition and, and diet. Um, and I hate the word diet cause it's, it's been monetized and, 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 uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, capitalized on, um, so let's just say life choices, right? When it comes to your stomach. Yeah. Um, I always say the word diet. If you just look at it, the first three letters is die. Your yeah. body's just constantly thinking you're killing it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so we're fighting the world's biggest marketing machine. I mean, we live in America. We're the most marketed to society in history on the planet. And so this was kind of a way to, the hope was to shatter through all of that. Um you can't listen to TV or the internet or, or the television uh, or the radio rather for any length of time without hearing something. And um, my hope with this was to try to just turn heads. Right. Um, so yeah, when it comes to well, why I plugged in all those other things, it's because that's where I personally saw growth. And so to go back to what I said earlier, I was being a little bit vulnerable, hoping that other guys weren't weren't as good as I wasn't as good as everybody else uh, in F3 Greensboro. So like, man, I really suck at this. You know, that's my inner voice talking. I can't do but so many Merkins before I quit, or I can't do so many push-ups, or, you know, or I'm, I'm sorry, sit-ups or whatever. Um, so there was a little bit of me in there and in hopes that it wasn't me because, you know, yeah, I built the spreadsheet, but nobody had to know that. And so I just was like, okay, I got better here. I got better here. I got better here. Um, so those are the things I put out there. Well, it turns out that everybody else started talking about that. Um, not everybody, but you get my point. And, and then that became some of the conversation. So out of that became, Hey, let's try to do 10,000 Merkins in whatever month it was. We first ran that. I think it was in March. Um, and then it became, let's try to, let's, let's ramp up our extra 
credit limits before workouts. And so that became a thing. Um, and, and I'm not taking credit for that by any, because those were not my ideas. A, again, out of a moment of vulnerability, a lot of hours and equity be, were born out of vulnerability, uh, validation for many other guys. So that's my favorite part, really. I mean, the nutrition is great because it's eye-opening and it changes a lot of habits. It did for me. Um, I mean, I went from, so here's a quick, a quick side. Um, when I started F3, my first workout the night before I weighed myself and I, I'm 5'10". Um, so I'm massive. <laughs> 5'10", but I weighed 215 pounds. And then seven months later, I weighed myself again and I had dropped to 165. Wow. And it was because not because of my diet. That wasn't the impetus. That was a, that was the change, but the impetus was that I love the guys. I love being around the guys I got to meet because of F3 so much that something had to change. And so I made kind of three key changes through this, this warrior nutrition challenge that led to me shedding the weight to make it easier to go back out into the gloom day after day after day just so I could be with my friends. The fitness part was, as we've all heard, is secondary, if not tertiary. Um, but, but those changes were made because I didn't want to feel like, you know, a bucket of yuck every morning in the gloom because I ate after seven or I drank too many IPAs or I chugged a bucket of ice cream, you know, whatever it was. Um, and so all that kind of got mashed up into this, into this challenge. Got it. Um, you know, I, I had a chance to pull up the document uh, that's available to everybody, by the way, um, about mm -hmm. the Warrior Loss Challenge and just kind of uh, perusing through it. And it's, it's a very well laid out, easy to read uh, document that's kind of pretty simple to, to understand. Uh, you have some things. Uh, you have a list called the no list. You have a, a list called the do list, as well as some rules and some pro tips. So, um you kind of mentioned a few things just in, in, in conversation so far, but uh, tell me a little bit about the no list um, and, and kind of how you came up with it. And if you don't have it in front of you or not memorized, you know, the first thing you, you, you write is no fake food of any kind. You mentioned yep. Cheez-Its are not real food. They are chemicals. Uh, yeah. Expound on that a little bit as far as uh, you understand it and why that was important to put there. Uh, yeah, that was the biggest one, right? And it goes back to the marketing and all that fun stuff. Like we've we've capitalized the food industry. Um, there's often an argument that's thrown out that if we don't do this by such and such date, then the planet won't have enough food to sustain people. That's bullcrap. Um, and that's putting it mildly because I could go on a tirade and weave a tapestry of F-bombs. Um, that's just a flat out lie. We waste so much whole food in this country based only on appearance. Um, we throw away a banana because it's slightly bruised. It doesn't match the other bananas that are stacked in the bin at the grocery store. Um, you know, I could go on about the Whole Foods uh, uh, cucumber water debacle from several years back. And that's not the poo-poo on Whole Foods. Every grocery store does it. Um, it's a slim margin and they have to make their money. And the way they make their money sadly, is they pay the wrong marketing team to make food look beautiful rather than to make food look like what it is, which is fuel uh, and get people excited about putting good fuel in their engine. Um, so the idea around the cheese it thing was stop scanning your food and start punching in UPC symbols. Um, if nothing else, if you go to the, if you don't go to the checkout line, you're going to help uh, the self-checkout. You're going to help the person that's typing in all those numbers burn off some extra calories because they're typing in all those numbers rather than just swiping a bag of Doritos across the scanner. Um, and you'll feel better at the end of the day after you've eaten a bunch of UPC food versus uh, barcode food. Yeah. So just for the listeners, uh, clarify uh, what you mean by barcode versus UPC. Yeah. Most of the stuff that's processed food has a barcode on it. Um, cause it's kept in a warehouse somewhere and shipped out in cases across the country. You know, we hear about all the cargo ships that are stacked up on the West coast, yep. you know, it's full of bags of Doritos that it could live forever. <laughs> um, so yeah, to, to kind of, I'll, I'll go back real quick. If they don't listen to SWT stuff, we're trying, which they should, um, 
the more you shop the perimeter of your grocery store, which is what's hardwired when the con construction crew comes in uh, to, to, to put the chillers and the warmers and things like that, that's where your real food is, your whole food. Um, so shop that perimeter and grab bar, uh, grab UPC, the 4068, I think is a banana, maybe. And if I'm right, then somebody owes me a Coke, but or not a Coke, a, a glass of Fuji water. There you there go. You go. <laughs> Sorry, you're on the Uncle um, Wellness podcast. You got to talk. Yeah, 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 exactly. Let's erase that part. Um, but, but yeah, in seriousness, uh, a lot of those barcodes. Um, if you're swiping barcodes on things like bags of chips and, and, and cans of this, that, and the other, it's it's going to be laden with chemicals and in its ingredients, which just makes it shelf stable. Which again feeds into uh, the marketing machine, which is trying to raise that bottom line of grocery stores. Um, and our bodies aren't meant to do that. Guys didn't go out uh, back in the day and hunt uh, maltodextrin, right? That's right. <laughs> they, they hunted animals. They, they grew crops. And we've come so far from that. And part of me, look, I get it. There's ways to monetize uh, on whole food. Um, but that's not sexy, right? We, we market on flaming hot this and super spicy that. And, and low, what's the other one? Low fat, right? Which really means high sugar or vice versa, low sugar, high fat. Um, and, and it's just to grab whatever trend is, is popping up in prominence and catching eyeballs on social media or on the television or, or what have you. So, yeah, I mean, you brought us some great points. I, I always teach as well to my clients about the perimeter shopping of a grocery store. I mean, that's where you're getting your whole foods. Um, and then avoiding the aisles as much as possible, because you're right, it's just laden with what we call fake food or junk food. And, um, mm. you know, that's just reality. It's just, there's no such thing as, um, you know, a, a not so bad junk food. I mean, it's either food or it's junk, right? And, and that's right. just the bottom line. And it's because a lot of those ingredients are subsidized. Um, they're, they're laden mm. with chemicals that enhance your taste buds, make you crave those foods. I mean, they're not wrong in their marketing campaigns when they say, just try to eat one of these. Uh, and it's, it's because you can't. Chemically speaking, there's chemicals that go to the brain, dopamine, neurotransmitters that get triggered when we eat certain foods and it makes you feel good. It says, you know, and it makes you feel relaxed and you crave more of the things. The problem with it is just providing zero nutritional value. And so, you eat a big bag of chips or, or whatever processed food, and you may be uh, short, you know, a short time full, but you're, you're going to be empty sooner than later, and you're going to continue to consume additional calories and so forth. So I think, uh, you know, under the no list, this was number one, and I think rightly so, because, you know, just doing this small change uh, can radically change someone's health. Um, and, and nutrition uh, outcome, you know, very, very quickly. And they just stopped eating the packaged stuff and just stuck with the fruits, vegetables, healthy meats, good fats, that kind of stuff. So I love that you have it and you're a point on uh, about all those, uh, all the things that you mentioned already. You mentioned no fake sugar of any kind. Um, mm -hmm. If you crave sugar, have the real sugar in moderation. Um, you know, that's one that, uh, you know, is alarming to a lot of people. Cause I think from a, a marketing standpoint, we get told that if it's not sugar or if it's sugar-free, meaning it's got things like Splenda and aspartame and NutraSweet and uh, even some of the natural stuff like Stevia uh, can be problematic when consumed in, in, in larger quantities. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, they're marketed to as the healthier alternative to the actual cane sugar, which is not the truth. Now, don't get me wrong to your point uh, in, in the document here, cane sugar can create inflammation. Sugar itself can create inflammation. It is something we want to avoid, but it's prevalent in everything. I, I've noticed when I look at ingredient, ingredient lists, there's tons of sugar everywhere. And for those that are listening, if any ingredient ends in OSE, it's some mm. form of sugar. And so a lot of times they don't just put sugar on the package. They'll disguise it in that long list of ingredients that you read in the back. And so a lot of times you'll read something and it'll have six, six of the ingredients will end in OSE. It's just six ways of putting sugar into your system. And, and you don't even realize it uh, when, when you look at it because you're looking for these, the sugar grams and they manipulate all those ingredient labels anyway, to make it sound good. 
Uh, anyway, so the third thing you have on your list is no more than seven alcoholic drinks per week. Um, why seven? Uh, where'd you come up with that? And what was the thinking behind that? Uh, it was a totally selfish thing. If I were to rip the <laughs> bandaid off, uh, I love IPAs. I learned to drink beer in Wyoming. So I learned to drink at 6,800 feet in the air uh, and then moved to Greensboro, which is basically sea level, relatively, I should say, sea level. Um, and I'm not proud of that. And, and that's my gesture um, uh, it, in the sense that I just love it. I love the taste of a good IPA. Uh, I love mowing the lawn in the summer and having a, you know, even a crappy PBR. I shouldn't say crappy because it's legendary PBR. Um, and, and look, I say all that in full disclosure, like it, it was, it is my gesture. It was the thing that whispered in my ear, just one more or why not? Or you'd feel better if, um, and, and that that's the, the health and mental connection for me, or rather the disconnect. The gesture we, weaseled its way in between those two things, my mental health and my physical health, uh, and just kept kind of whispering promises of, of IPA because uh, I deserved it, right? So one guy may work out and bust his hump for an hour-long beatdown on a Saturday and then go to Starbucks and order a mocha fropa orange latte frappuccino chocolate. And then all of a sudden he doesn't even realize it, but he just consumed, and I'm not even making this up, like 350 calories. Yeah. So he's, he's more than half depleted whatever he put in at the workout. Um, and it's not even eight, uh, nine o'clock yet on a Saturday. So um, for me, I had to be honest and say, if I'm going to put this out there, I need to be authentic and continue with the, the, the vulnerability. So I felt like one, uh, would open the door wide enough for guys to be interested and come in. If they saw cold Turkey, um, just like I would have uh, turned foot maybe. Right. Um, it also allowed me to exercise and be honest with myself. So let me back up real quick. I told my family what my promises, what my commitments were through the do's and don'ts. Um, it was very clear. I had a conversation with my wife who also suffers through or live, I shouldn't say suffers through, lives with, um, and she won't mind me saying this, uh, MS. So part of my fitness journey was her first diagnosis, right? And if, if she's the center of my concentrica, then I've got to, I have to aim true. So my true aim was stop drinking <laughs> so many IPAs, um, which is a whole different story. And we can get into that. But anyway, um, I had to be honest with her, which means I had to be honest with myself. And so I put that out there. And if I could, if I could show to them that not only am I going to um, limit it to this, I'm going to control it. And so it, what's, what was funny is that I told them no more than one a day. Well, that became maybe one a week, uh, over three weeks. And then the conversation shifted again in small groups. Cause we would touch base every week. Where are you in your weight loss? Where are you? How's this? What's hard. All of a sudden there's a whole subset of guys who were like, how are you fighting your alcohol gesture? And that was beautiful to see. Cause all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of that too. And here's are some, here are some ways that I've, um, combat that but then also overcome it and conquered it does that make yeah. sense no it makes perfect sense and i love the the reality that you you know were honest with yourself and then honest with the the packs that you were challenging as well uh you know firsthand experience just working with other clients and and, and for many many years and you know, when we would do a health and wellness type of program, you know, it's very easy to sit down with somebody and say, these are all the things that you're doing that you shouldn't be doing. Stop yeah. tomorrow. Uh, it's very yeah. easy to say. And to most people's credit, um, they're willing and capable of doing some of that initially, but mm -hmm. that, that wears out very quickly. Uh, you know, unless they really just see a radical change overnight or where that really, in, uh, prevents them from wanting to, to go back to what they were doing. Uh, most of the time people will start to slip down that slippery slope again. And yeah. then they, they end up where they were on day one. Hence why, you know, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of lots and lots of people, they'll implement a program, 
do well on it, and then find themselves six, eight, ten months later needing to do that same program again because they're back to square one. It's because they never really learned a sustainable lifestyle habit around it. And I feel like the seven alcoholic drinks per week is very reasonable. And 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 underneath that, you kind of mentioned three alcoholic drinks in one sitting because you know, yeah. as, as a guy, you always try to find that hack. You're like, Oh, it's, I, I I'm allowed seven a week, but I only drink on Saturdays. So I'm just yeah. going to do seven on Saturday, which yeah, I'm just a social smoker. <laughs> yeah. I only smoke when I'm out at the bar drinking yeah. beers. Oh, yeah. Is that good? Right. Which makes me think that I, I believe now that you say that uh, we first launched this around football season for that okay. exact reason that that was the hack. And it's like, well, we got to hack the hack now. Yeah. And I think it's smart because uh, it a keeps people in check when and if they do choose to drink uh, on any given day. But then it also gives you a lot, enough flexibility that if you're like, listen, I enjoy a glass of wine with my dinner every night. Well, that's OK. I mean, it's perfectly uh, logical and, and reasonable within this plan um, as far as uh, kind of sticking to it. And to your point, it what happens many, many times is if you don't take everything away from them day one, but then just introduce some moderation, they will learn and find what really works best for them. And, and, and yeah. it sounded like what worked for you a little bit was you notice that you, you slowed down on some of it, but then it even slowed down even further. And then it slowed down even further than that, because what you do is you kind of realize that there's aspects of your day that was more habitual than actual mm -hmm. What, what you needed or wanted. Uh, I think I shared uh, with the COT podcast this summer that I did a dry July and mm -hmm. I never really came, came back and, and, and talked long and hard about it. But I learned in those four weeks that many of the times that I thought I wanted and, and would have a beverage in the past were simply habitual. And it was just kind of like, well, it's a nice Friday afternoon. So that just means I have to enjoy this, or I won't enjoy this unless I have this. And yeah. what I found is I found an, uh, an alternative. Like I found like a non-alcoholic kombucha, for instance, and sipped on that. And I realized that, you know what? I enjoyed this time just as much as I probably would have with that IPA than I, with that. And so it was just little things like that, that I learned by going through that process, but, uh, had somebody, um, implemented, uh, you can't do anything for the rest of your life perspective. And I entered that month, by the way, with full expectation of drinking at the end of it. Um, yeah. in other words, yeah. I didn't, I didn't enter it going, I'm never, ever going to do this again. And I think that sometimes is the biggest tripping stone for a lot of people getting into these health and wellness things is they'll go, well, starting tomorrow, I'm never eating pizza again. Well, yeah. chances are you're going to have pizza again. Uh, you may be well-meaning, but that's not going to happen. So anyway, yeah. I, I love that. I love that, uh, you know, caveat that you added to it. It makes it realistic. It makes it doable. And, and like I said, on the spectrum of things, guys can kind of find their sweet spot. Well, I mean, how many guys before F3 said, I'm never going to get up at four 30 in the morning. Right. Yeah. And to work out. And then now it's like, why would I not get up four thirty-five o'clock in the morning? Like that's, that's what I do. So all you're doing is replacing one thing with another thing. Um, and some days you may smart sack, right? You may fart yeah. sack, but you may also smart sack. You're like, you know what? I woke up this morning. My knee is every time it hits the floor, sounds like Jiffy pop. So maybe I should not go out the door today. Or if I do, maybe it's to rock and not to go to the, the speed workout. Right. Um, so if you're finding a, a, a good thing to put in place of the bad thing, that's a whole different world than setting a resolution, um, be, because it's intentional and nature hates a void, right? We're think about if you're in the crawl space industry, nature hates a void. If yeah. the dirt contracts, the water's going to fill it. Um, and, and that's just how it is. And so if you give space to something, it's going to be filled. So it's either you choose what fills it by a kombucha, uh, or nature, AKA marketing in this instance is going to fill it. Uh, you know, if you're watching football, it's going to be a Bud Light. <laughs> so that's just all there is to it. Yeah. Well, on the, just to kind of close up the list of the don'ts, um, to kind of move us along, uh, you mentioned no sodas. Um, because of the chemicals in there and, and, and obviously the, 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 the empty calories that they have 
mentioned no fast food. That probably shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that they use oils that we shouldn't be eating, um, mm -hmm. fake foods, if you will. And then you said no eating at least two hours before bedtime. And obviously that makes sense to a lot of people from a metabolism standpoint, uh, putting, putting calories in right before you go to bed um, is not optimal for that. But then you also have a to-do list, things that people should be doing um, to make this successful. Uh, and the first thing, and I think is very important, is write down your food each day. So tell me a little bit about what you found personally, how that helped you and, and those that you know that did this challenge. Yeah, I don't want to poo-poo on it because I started out with a food journal and I would write down verbatim what I, what I had each day. Um, and I just, that became tedious to me. However, I did discover uh, an app and there's hundreds out there. So I'm not advocating, I'm not being, I'm not a social media influencer for this app, but lose it is the one I used. Um, and I actually still use it now. And I, I paid for the, for the monthly subscription um, because I need that accountability. Now, not everybody needs that, but I do. And so um, it just allowed me to keep tabs on, I, I joked about it earlier, but the calories that you consume right after a workout, if you go to a cafeteria and order the drink that before they even pour the coffee into it, you know, is, is a quarter full of syrupy, chemically sugar, it's, you know, oses, as you would say, a fructose of some sort has been pumped into that. Um, and that was a real eye opener that helped me crack the code of, oh my gosh, I, I've been told this and it looks awesome on TV or sounds sexy on the radio, but it's really bad for me. <laughs> Can I just get a coffee? Um, so it was, it was interesting to see and hear what other guys were filling their, their tanks with. Um, and then when I made the shift to whole foods, um, of the transition, because it wasn't like an immediate shift. It was a transition and watching that and seeing how my calories burn versus calories in, uh, improved how I felt. Uh, but also realizing what I was doing by supporting, um, or kind of counter ca contradicting the marketing machine. I, I don't know. I had some kind of like rage against the machine moment when it came to eating things that I could control or even I could grow. Um, not that I do that all the time. I'm not some like, you know, some, some, uh, farmer in my backyard or anything, but what I am and what I'm proud to say is that I, I discovered cooking. I cook my own food. Um, I, I cut it up. I dice it. I mince it. I, you know, I've chiffon it, whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm really proud of that. And that's an art form that makes a lot of people happy. We talk about the power of breaking bread. I know how to make that bread and that, that for whatever reason, it's my, my creator mindset, I guess I was, I went to school for design. Um, I'm proud to be able to step into a kitchen and cook a really damn good meal. Um, and not just because of how it tastes, but, but because it's good for your body. Um, and, and, you know, just like the guy who can go out there and bust out a hundred Merkins without breaking a sweat. Um, good for you. Like way to work at that. Cause that matters to you and inspires others to give something to aim for. So by tracking food, I, I took control of what happens in my own kitchen in my own home. And further, um, my wife, her, her background is, is the culinary arts. And so it allowed us more time to spend together because I'm her prep cook. And, and how cool is that? Um, just to be able to support her D2X. And so that shift really changed everything. And then to sit down and see what other guys are making. Hey, I mixed this with that. and It was really good. Or uh, it, the, Every day after a workout, I have this one particular smoothie. Um, and it was because a guy told me about it and I've never looked back and you're like, dude, the same thing every day. No, not every day. Like, you know, Sundays I make breakfast with the family, but, but it's everything I need. And I walk out with whole, whole complete calories that are fueling the engine. And uh, again, my goal isn't to be better than you, uh, or to have less calories in than I do, uh, less calories in than I do burn. My goal is that wedding date and then beyond and holding my grandkids and walking an AO when I'm 85, while my son and his kid are doing pull-ups and push-ups on that AO. Like, that's my goal. It's not that I 
ate a thousand calories, which by the way, is not a great idea and burned off 3000. It, it's that I put the right fuel in my tank so that years from now, you know, my insert car brand here, my Mustang is humming on all cylinders. Yeah, no, it does. It does. And I think people will be shocked to see their, their journal when they first start doing it. I, I think yeah. we, we do a really good job of kidding ourselves about what we're doing and eating on a daily basis. I and mean, that's one of the things that a lot of my clients, they'll come back and be like, Oh my gosh, I, I had no idea. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was doing this, my wife years and years ago, um, uh, participated in, in, in a Weight Watchers group and they talked about bite licks and taste BLTs. And it was just <laughs> one of those ideas that people, they don't account for those things. So like, Oh, I just had a little bite of this, or I just tasted that, or I did that. And, and, but when you account, you know, you're accountable to those, you realize at the end of the day that there's just so many things that you might be doing that you're not even conscious of doing. So I, I think yeah. it's a great tool. Uh, it can be overwhelming. Uh, I don't want that to be a stumbling block for people to get started uh, with, you know, working on their right. health. Right. Uh, because, you know, we don't want to be legalistic about it. Even if you're just writing one meal a day, that might be helpful to get started with. But uh, I, I'm, I'm a big advocate for, you know, knowing what you're putting into your body, because as you mentioned, uh, food is fuel. And the quality of that fuel is going to dictate how well your engine is going to run. And the more consistent we are with that, the, the better it's going to be. And I love how it's opened up doors for you and your wife and some of the other things that you've explored as a result of that. And I love the idea of sharing those journals with the other guys, because to your point, you know, somebody might be doing something really good that, you know, you wouldn't know about unless you had that opportunity to share it or that guy may even not even feel or remember to share something like that uh, without that opportunity to kind of review it. So I, I love that, um, you know, reality and, and, and what you're doing there. Um, other things on the to-do list, you mentioned drinking water, a gallon specifically, you talked about eating servings of green vegetables per day, um, uh, adding colored veggies per day, um, you know, kind of keeping that plate a little bit more colorful. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned enjoy a cheat meal each week and whatever you want, but write it down. Why did you feel like it was important to have that cheat meal? Or how did you find that that was real helpful in you being consistent and others being consistent? Yeah, that's a pretty simple one. And then it, it's just, it, it's not you shattering everything you ever knew that there's always a, a moment where you can circle back and get, you know, some, some wings or, you know, you mentioned pizza earlier, whatever, whatever that is. Um, for me, it was simple. I hate that phrase for me, <laughs> for me, however, it was simply to, uh, it was a challenge to myself. Can I own the cheat meal? Um, and by the end of it, it wasn't really a cheat meal. It was something I even further modified. Um, but it, you know, it, Again, don't hear me say that I perfected this whole challenge from the jump. Um, you know, there's easy ways to make hump day happy hour your cheat meal and just throw in the towel. But um, this was, it was really just a chance to challenge myself. You know, you could show up at a workout and the, and the cue right from the jump says, we're going to, we're going to run five miles no matter what. So you better hold on. I'll get right back in my car. Right. Or I could lean into it and see how far I can get. Um, and so that's what this was. It was like, all right, I'm gonna have a cheat meal. And it's really the, the, the old me, the old Tommy boy, or I should say the Corey would have been like, let's do lasagna. That's deep fried and butter fat and whatever. But, but Tommy boy says, Nope, let's do a couple of, let's smoke some chicken wings. Let's grill some wings or, you know, insert food here. Um, And then all of a sudden it opens up brand new doors. Oh man, this is better than what I ever had. Why am I eating fried food? Um, So uh, again, I hope nobody ever hears these things. You know, when I first started listening to your podcast, I had the lens where I was like, oh, these aren't guys who have perfected life or perfected diet. These are guys who have failed forward and they're sharing their vulnerability with me. And so I hope whoever's listening to this will hear that, that I didn't come up with this challenge and then became an Adonis. No way. Anybody in Greensboro uh, will tell you the latter, that I, that I failed forward 
uh, and I'm still failing forward. So that was a big one for me was just simply to have a moment that you could return to so that you're not totally TNT in your life that you're, you're, you at least have some familiarity and ideally by the end of X amount of weeks, you've reinvented the cheat meal. Yeah. And, and so I want to echo a lot of things that you just said, cause you, you really said some amazing, you know, some really good things there as far as the purpose of the cheat meal and then the, um, the evolution of it for, for many people. So having the cheat meal is kind of like that feather in the cap that you have that says, okay, listen, worst case scenario, I'm one day I'm going to be able to do whatever I want to do. I don't have to, yep. you know, eat like a bird for the rest of you know my life. And so it kind of gives you that assurance, but then what, what happens and probably happened to you and, and happens to clients that, that I work with and, and me personally, because like you, I am not perfect. And, and just because I have a platform to talk about health and nutrition, I talk about it because I was no good at it for a long time. And, yeah, and, I, had to, and I had to find ways of uh, hacking my own health. And then that bird, the purpose and a passion to, to help other people kind of do the same thing. And so, but I find that when I cheat, if you will, you call that, I feel terrible, not because I cheated, but because my body physiologically mm -hmm. says, what the heck did you just do? Uh, you, you feel sluggish, your digestive tract is upset. There's lots of things that happen that you then reassess and go, well, maybe I don't want to do that again. And then maybe enough time will go by that you forget and you'll do it again. And then you go, Oh, I remember this from last time. And, and some of us are faster learners than others. And, and, and sometimes uh, it'll take a lot of uh, failures to, to finally learn a lesson. And for others, they'll learn one time and be like, I, I'm not doing that again. But you're exactly right. Because what becomes that cheat really is almost like, well, I know I could cheat, but I don't want to, uh, because I don't, I, I found something that I enjoy more that is still in line with the goals that I have and, and how I want to feel. And, and so yeah. I, I think it's an important thing to do and, and have, and, and, and guys that do implement a challenge like this, I think they're going to have a similar result of, of what you and I experienced, which is, Hey, I feel so much better eating this one way that when I eat this other way, it just doesn't feel, uh, it's just not worth it anymore. So I, I love yeah. that. Um, and I'll do this because I know I know before we move into the wrap because I'm, I'm excited about the questions that you ask your guests. Uh, it would behoove me to share with the packs this. Okay. The, and you asked about the cheat meal. The biggest thing I learned from the cheat meal was I stopped. We stopped as a family asking, "Where do you want to go to eat?" If we were going out to eat, where do you want to go to eat? Right? Because that's a horrible question that just spirals out of control. Do you want Mexican? No, I don't want Mexican. Italian? No, I don't want Italian. The, you know, back and forth. We've all had this conversation. So I'll challenge the packs. Here's a stuff worth trying crossover. There Stop you asking your M, where do you want to go to eat tonight? Ask her or ask your, two, your shorties, what experience do you want to have tonight? Because that flips the script on our our Americans relationship with food. Stop asking where you want to eat. Ask what experience do you want to have tonight? Oh man, I just want to be loud and rambunctious and have fun. Great. We'll go to blank restaurant or I want to just to, to hunker down and be a family and talk about our week coming up or celebrate so-and-so's success here. Great. We'll go to this place tonight. So stop feeding what uh, no pun intended. Stop feeding what everybody else tells you about food and your nutrition and own it. And, and the first way to do that is stop asking who is going to get your money that night. Ask, where do you want to spend your money so that you have a lasting impression with your M or your shorties or both, or even with your, with your packs. Um, so yeah, that definitely came out of the cheat meal because I had one shot at it. Right. And so I would ask, um, my, my M like, what experience do you want to have tonight? And that changed everything, man. What a great insight. And, and I've never heard it kind of presented that way. I'm going to steal it by the way. And I love Please. it. <laughs> yeah. Please. I think that's great. I think that's a, a great perspective because so many Americans, um, we view food as, um, just kind of some pleasurable thing that we're going to go experience and, and versus, the really what it is is with the fuel, but you can make it um, about family and what you're going to be doing um, with the people that you're with 
during that experience. And so I, I love the idea that um, you really put some thought into that. And I'm sure that that probably altered a lot of those uh, decisions that initially maybe were made or thinking about being made to something mm-hmm. that, that was completely different. And, and you guys had that, uh, you know, memory as a result of it uh, because of that, you know, that, that simple question. And that, it's a really great. fun thing to put that caveat into your food journal. If you're keeping a journal, for example, yeah. like, oh, this was the night that we laughed so hard. We shot milk out our nose or whatever. But I mean, think about it. We, you know, as far as humankind, we used to fight for our food and now food is fighting for our attention. Right. So something's bass backwards. Yeah. Well, man, I, I truly appreciate you willingness to kind of share today. I know we went a little bit longer than some of the other shows, but I think, you know, you just had a lot of insight that you wanted to share. And, and I think this is all valuable information for those individuals who really want to implement a challenge like this. And so um, just real quick, Tommy boy, where can people go to get this document um, so that they can implement it in their regions? Yeah. Stealthworthtrying.com. Uh, and, and it is listed. It's a it's a hardy document. And listen, fellas, I'm working really hard to clean this up. Um, we've got a great crew. IJ is one Italian job. Bono is another. Um, but it, it's a robust document that's going to forever be growing. But um, I will send a link to you, Bone, so that you can put it in in the the direct link to this document, um, so that you can put it in the show notes. But that's the easiest way. Stuffworthtrying.com and start to drill in because. I mean, here's your teaser is you're going to find a lot of cool other things to do in your region uh, that live in that website. Got it. Well, man, appreciate the work that you're doing on that. That's a huge resource to, to so many people across the board of, of F3 and certainly in this challenge. And so um, the challenge, guys, for you, because I know that you guys do a challenge a lot <laughs> uh, on your podcast is and the reason I wanted to kind of time this podcast recording going into the new year is you know, make this something that your region does. I mean, pick a handful of guys, uh, pick, pick a shield lock, uh, you know, or, or cafeteria or whatever you guys do uh, to be getting together and, and do this and, and be that guy in the back of the room that raises their hand and says, hey, I'd like to do this because I guarantee it, majority of the guys that you're posting in the gloom with would love to participate in something like this if somebody was willing to initiate it. And yep. so uh, l- let me just be that encourage, uh, encourager to do something like that. And then um, if you guys do choose to do that, you know, tweet about it. Let us know. Hashtag stuff we're trying or hunt for wellness podcast. Let us know what you guys are doing so that we can follow your success and, and, and what you guys are doing to, to really maximize this. But uh, so Tommy boy, you know, our time is coming up. I, I want to kind of wrap these things up. Um, so I got a couple last questions for you. Uh, yep. You shared tons of great information already uh, and we appreciate that. But uh, if you had to give three tips to somebody to get them going on their hunt for wellness, what would those tips be? Yeah, the past conversation completely aside, it's really straightforward. Share your goal. If you're setting a goal for yourself, share it. There's a lot of talk these days about manifest destiny or manifesting things. And, you know, in in the spirit of Christmas, I'll say bah humbug to all that. It's great to talk about it because it's great to share it. Because if, if you release that goal outside of yourself and other people's know it, other people know it. And the ones that love you will hold you accountable to it. So share your goal. Uh, if it's a meaningful goal, measure it. If it's meaningful, it's measurable. So that's the second one. If it's meaningful, it's measurable. Uh, and then lastly, ask for help. Um, you're not an expert in everything. And, and obviously if this is a journey you're going on when it comes to your health, which means what F3 medium age is in the forties, right? I'm guessing, uh, you're, you're definitely not an expert if you're just now stumbling into, oh yeah, I should not be doing this. I should be doing this instead. So ask for help. Um, one of my favorite proverbs is an Ethiopian proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. So go together in this, because again, you know, if you're a dad like me with a daughter, far away from now for me is before I know it though, is that wedding. So I want to, I want to go far. I want to dance with my daughter at her wedding. Um, so yeah, I hope, I hope that's helpful. 
Yeah, no, I think those are great tips. And I love how I think that was three, right? Yeah, it was. Well, <laughs> we'll say it's three, but I love the the perspective of that long term because that's that's exactly what's important. Um, so I have one last question for you. And um before I get to it, um, I just want to take a few moments again and just thank yeah. you and acknowledge you and 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 just uh let you know that we appreciate you as a nation. Um uh, for what you do, not only in your region, but for us nationally uh, and globally, really, at this point. So, uh, again, thank you for that. Um, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, touch base with you about anything that you discussed today or just kind of touch base with you in general, what's the best way uh, somebody can do that? I welcome any email to Tommyboy at F3Nation.com. Uh, I'm also active on Twitter. However, it's confusing because it's not Tommy Boy. It's uh, funny, haha, but funny is with a PH, um, hearkening back to my improv days. So at funny, haha on Twitter. But by all means, I'm kind of, I try to be organized as possible. So Tommy Boy at F3Nation.com. I love it. All right, man. So the, my last question for you is this What is your definition of wellness? Yeah, it's funny because I really struggled over that question, but um, my awakening when when I came into F3 and really fought through past demons and, and jesters and, and the like was uh, a guy named Michael Pollan. And it's a, it's nowadays, I think it's a famous quote, but eat food, not too much, mostly plants, right? And that launched into how I guess I would define, not how I guess, how I know I define wellness. Uh, and it really is is uh, just endeavoring to optimize your, your physical, mental, and spiritual dimensions of your life, right? Because we, we have all of those aspects in our life, physical, mental, and, and spiritual. Um, and so in a word to define, to, to answer your question about defining uh, wellness is balance. I love it, man. Thanks again for being on the podcast today. Man, it was an honor. Keep doing what you're doing. It's so important. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening to the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation's Slack at bones, or Twitter at hfwpodcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.